The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you're having a good Tuesday, enjoying the sun, because it may be the last you see of it for the next uh, rest of the week. Big storm expected to come through starting tomorrow morning, so if you have plans for travel for the turkey day, here's the thing: give Eric. yourself extra time, slow it, down, well, be careful. Okay, here's we want to have you back safe and we sound. We make such a big deal out of these storms at least once a year, right? And then they just never show up, or they just never end up being that bad. Like they snow for like 30 minutes, and then all of a sudden it's gone. We've done this before. <laughs> I remember seven years ago when BYU was playing Utah State at BYU, I believe, and everyone was like, oh, this is going to be one of the biggest storms in the history of Cache Valley, and it's, it's going to dump like crazy or whatever. And, it, I mean, it snowed, but it was like, I mean, it was nothing compared to what they were saying. It it's, was just, I mean, it's just crazy, like how. It's true. I mean, you never know. With weather, can always take a turn and do something you're not expecting. Which but there are some projections that are saying like 10 to 15 inches of snow. Here in the when, valley? From Wednesday through the end of the week. Because it's going to be like one big storm after another for a couple of days. Really? That'd be, I mean, when is it, like, so when is it supposed to, hold on, when is it supposed to start snowing, though? Tomorrow morning. Okay, so we got, so till tomorrow morning. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Well, let's just calm down and see what this thing really ends up being. But regardless, if even if there's just a little bit, just be careful. Drive safe. Have a good turkey day. Maybe, uh, well, I guess it depends on where you're going. Could be a snowy, wet turkey bowl Thursday morning. Do you uh, do turkey bowls, by the way? I'd love to hit you. <laughs> I'd light you up. I think you'd probably more bounce off of me. No, I doubt it. Uh, We did Turkey Bowl. I've done it a few times when I was a young lad with other friends. Uh, I I did it, I think I've only done it once with my kids. Really? Yeah. I used to do it a lot, like all the time. Now I don't do it. Nobody wants to play. It's kind of depressing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, on that note, uh, so college football playoff rankings are going to be coming out this hour. In the meantime, while we wait for those to be released, Utah State, upon beating Wyoming, became bowl eligible. They are at six wins now. They're six and five, have a chance to go to seven and five if they can beat New Mexico. Uh, being bowl eligible does not mean you go to a bowl game. Wyoming found that out the hard way last year. If Utah State can get to seven wins, they're going. And uh, they may be able to go to, I don't know, maybe semi-decent place. It depends. There's a lot of different factors out there that can determine where you go and who you play. Uh, and certainly this bowl, uh, playoff, the bowl picture, the playoff picture, is still to be determined over the next few weeks because you have the games this weekend and they have the conference championship games. But for Utah State, there are a lot of different publications out there trying to project where teams might end up. 
and some are looking at some conference affiliations uh, will not be able to uh, fulfill their full complement of bowl tie-ins. So that may provide some opportunities for the Mountain West. It also may determine if Boise State ends up going to a New Year's Six Bowl game, if that opens up other opportunities for teams in the Mountain West. So here's where people are saying, and the vast majority of people that are projecting where Utah State might end up, they're all looking to Boise and the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. College Football News, Athlon Sports, Bleacher Report, 247sports.com, and The Athletic, at least that I've been able to find, all are looking at Utah State going to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl playing a directional Michigan team, Central Michigan or Eastern Michigan. There are a few others that are out there. Uh, One is Brett McMurphy at Stadium. He's always been high on Utah State and where they could go. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say. Uh, he thinks that they'll play Ohio, which Utah State has played Ohio in bowl games before, but they'll face each other not in Boise, but in Fort Worth, Texas, in the stadium of TCU for the Armed Forces Bowl. It's kind of an interesting pick. Uh, ESPN is projecting that Aggies will go to the Arizona Bowl to face Georgia Southern. And Jerry Palm of CBS Sports also thinks USU will go to the Arizona Bowl and also play Georgia Southern. What bowl did you say you were hearing between with Central Michigan? Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Potato bowl. Central or Eastern Michigan is seems to be the most popular opinion. So there was a rumor on Twitter that says that Hawaii would, whether they win or lose, would get into the Las Vegas Bowl. I don't know why that is. But if that does happen, I would imagine because of the payout, it's a higher payout than the Idaho Potato Bowl, right? And geographically, it makes sense. As much as fans may not like it, it does make sense geographically that they would move those guys to the, Hawaii, or, uh, to the Idaho Potato Bowl. Utah State, I should say. For Aggie fans, are you excited about that? It's been a while since they've been to the Idaho Potato Bowl. Would you be excited to go back? It's a different time. It's been moved back to January 3rd. It is a better payout than going to Tucson. Geographically, at least weather-wise, maybe not quite as attractive. But it is a game that it's easy to get to. It is a little bit better payout. I don't know. Personally, I I probably would prefer to see Utah State go somewhere new. I think that adds excitement. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that gets people excited to travel to some new place, experience a new bowl experience. But it's not up to fans. No. All right, Ajay, the college football playoff committee is starting to release their rankings already that was quick they are they've released 25 through 11 oh okay so coming in we'll How go in reverse order okay number 25 appalachian state wow they dropped huh 
Virginia Tech, Iowa State, USC. Holy cow. Oklahoma State. Boise State coming in at number 20. So they didn't move. So no movement there. Oh, my gosh. And they're behind Cincinnati at 19 and Memphis at 18. Then there's Iowa at 17th, Notre Dame at 16, Auburn at 15, which is the best team Alabama is going to face all year. Uh, Oregon drops to 14. Oh, my gosh, dude. You got to be that kidding hurts me. They the did Utes. drop. Michigan is at 13, Wisconsin 12, Florida 11. Penn State stays in the top 10. Dude, this is – oh, you got to be kidding me. Penn State's number 10. Baylor at number nine, Minnesota at eight, Oklahoma at number seven. The Big 12 champion's going to leapfrog the Pac 12. <laughs> oh my gosh, committee, you got it wrong again. How is Penn State in the top 10? Where were they last week? Oh, I got to look that up. Hold on, I have it right here. Uh... Okay, last week. Penn State, that's not right. Hold on. Where the fetch is that? There it is. Last week, the... Penn State was eighth. Yeah. They dropped two spots for losing by 11? Yeah, that... And Oregon drops six eight spots? spots? Eight, eight spots. Eight spots, man. They were sixth in the AP poll. They moved to 14th. They were sixth in the college football playoff, and they dropped to 14th. That is mind-boggling for losing Arizona State by three. And you punish them eight spots. Holy heck, there's an agenda there. Yeah. The the committee does not like the Pac-12. Not a lot of respect to the Pac-12. Oh, so wait, Oklahoma's what, sixth? Did you say Oklahoma is seventh? So then, oh Utah, sixth. Baylor is ninth. So Utah's going to be sixth, then, huh? Ohio State is number one. <laughs> they just released. Man. Ohio State is number one. What do you want him to do? Holy cow! That is so bad. That is so bad. I swear, if Clemson's at number two. And LSU's at number three. LSU has four top ten victories. Yeah. Ohio State has one. One. No, wait. Is that even a top ten victory, by the way? Over yes. Penn, it is? Penn State was in the, it was number eight. Ohio State beat 25th-ranked Michigan State, which has completely fallen apart. They beat 13th-ranked Wisconsin. and Who's then they completely beat, fallen apart. And they beat 8th-ranked Penn State. LSU's resume is far superior. Alabama, Auburn, or who they who they be? Alabama, Texas, Georgia. No, they haven't played Georgia yet, right? Who who else did they put? You talking about LSU? Yeah. So LSU, their top ten oh victories. My gosh. Number nine, Texas. Number seven, Florida. Number nine, Auburn. Number three, Alabama. That is so bad. Who's number two in that list? Have they released it yet? Okay, so number two in the college football playoff ranking is LSU. Number three is Clemson. And we're still rating on four, five, and six. I, I just don't see it. 
So now, and do you know what? This puts this puts Utah in just this horrific spot where not only Eric, not only do they have to win, they have to win by 30-plus in the game against Colorado and then in the Pac-12 title game. If they win by 15 or less. And they have to like not allow the opponent to score more than 10 points. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because if that, any of that happens, guess what? Oklahoma, even if they win by two, is going to get over you. Yep. That is so bad from the playoff right, committee. We're, and the, we're assuming Georgia loses. What an agenda. We're assuming, well, whether Georgia or LSU loses, that's going to affect some things. Yeah, Georgia's going to lose to LSU. Like, this pisses off LSU. They're ticked right now. They're going to go in there and just beat Georgia by 50. Okay, so Georgia is still number four. Alabama is still number five. Utah is still number six. Well, Utah moves up to number six. That is so... So bad. Baylor jumped five spots by beating a six and five unranked Texas squad at home. It does not make sense, Ajay. By the way, Oklahoma moved up only one spot by beating number yeah number thirteen ranked Baylor at Baylor the previous week. I, I don't get it. Like, what do you want from them? I don't make, doesn't make any sense. So where's Bama at? Are they five then? Bama, Alabama's number five. <laughs> oh my God. Utah's number six. Uh. Oregon falls to number 14. Boise State stays at number 20. See, Memphis and Cincinnati play each other this weekend. So there could be little help there, and then they could they're likely face each other again in the conference championship game. So what Boise is hoping for is that they split, that whatever happens, that they that they split that those two games. Is the game uh, is going to be played Friday in Memphis on ABC at one thirty? So, uh, and then uh, Memphis is the top team in the West Division. Although, if they, if, so we're, the way this needs to play out, Memphis needs to beat Cincinnati. And then Cincinnati needs to beat Memphis Cincinnati, in the championship Because games. if Memphis loses, then uh, Navy will move. Actually, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't Whomever matter. Whomever would take- wins out of the West of that uh, American Athletic Conference will need to beat Cincinnati. I just don't. Heather Dinich of the College Football and ESPN, who's a Big Ten hack and bias maniac, says Ohio State now has three wins versus College Football Playoff Top 25, Cincy, Wisconsin, and Penn State. She then continues, so they certainly have made a case for the top spot. It's just that they turned it over three times. LSU has wins over Bama, Who else do they have? LSU has wins over Bama, and LSU has four top ten wins: Texas, Florida, Alabama, 
and Auburn. So, uh, I'm scratching my head here. Why this, uh, how, how Penn State moves just very slightly, how, um, how far Oregon was punished. It just weird. Baylor gets a big bump for beating unranked Texas. So it's like they're trying to game the system to help yeah. the Big 12. Yeah, that means Utah's got to win by 30 versus Colorado. they got to win by 40 versus Oregon. And, and that's just, that is just to have a chance. Because Oklahoma winning by two is going to get them over Utah. And it's probably going to get them. Now, here's the question. Even if Oklahoma wins that championship game, because how screwed up and messed up and how high this committee is on, on medical marijuana, are they going to keep Bama in there? And they're going to push them up to four. Why? Like, I mean, don't don't put that out of like, out of realm, because it's definitely possible where the Big Twelve will get screwed over because the the playoff committee wants to see Bama in there for kicks and giggles. That's amazing. That is mind blowing to me. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on right now. People reacting to this. Uh, according to some of the analytics that are out there, Ohio State deserves to be number one based on analytics. But for me, I look at who have you played? Who else can claim they have four top ten victories? And some of those were on the road. Ohio State has been good. I don't mean to take anything away from the Buckeyes. LSU's been better. But I'll just uh, so here's the good reason for this happening. When it comes to the SEC championship game in two weeks, LSU and Georgia, LSU is going to absolutely put a licking on the Bulldogs. Right. They want to leave no question. Oh yeah, they are going to make sure because by the way, there is geographical meaning in one versus two seeds. They favor the one seed in geographic. LSU would love to have that favorable advantage. They're going so LSU is going to make a no doubt claim, and we're going to make sure to do so in putting a hurting on Georgia to make that statement. Can Ohio State match that? Is the question. So one of the top four is going to be different in two weeks. No yeah. question. Yep. Either LSU or Georgia will not remain. At least they shouldn't. So then the real question is, who moves into that spot? Utah and Oklahoma will play conference championship games. Alabama will not. So it's still out there where Utah has a position to get into the top four. So to do that, they've got to win in dominating fashion these next two weeks. Just as you said, they have to completely dominate. Leave no question that they deserve to go. 
Uh, and meanwhile, for Boise State, they got to take care of business themselves and then hope somehow the teams in that American Athletic split, beat up on each other. That's their, that's their door to get through. Huh. Oh, boy. But you know what? It could be even more crazy than that if you (laughs) – things could get worse. It's possible Georgia could beat LSU. It's possible that Michigan could beat Ohio State, Um, that Baylor and Oklahoma mess things up. It could be a completely different top four. So there's still, well, there only are two more weeks, the end of the regular season this week and then conference championships next. It could still look very different in two weeks when the final poll comes out. But it does place a lot of emphasis on what happens in the conference championship games next week because there's there's going to be movement. So... Anyway, that's the latest on the college football playoff rankings, the latest uh, that have just been released. As a recap, Boise State remains at number 20. Cincinnati and Memphis just ahead of them. They're in the same conference. They play each other this weekend and could play each other again for the conference championship. So the door is still open for Boise State to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. University of Utah moves up one spot to number six after Oregon's debacle against Arizona State. And the Ducks drop down to 14. And there's a new number one. Ohio State moves ahead of LSU. Ohio State one, LSU two, Clemson three, and Georgia at number four. So what happens these next two weeks? Very, very critical. Uh, for teams that we aren't in our con- well, aren't from around here, but we keep a close eye on them because they're in the state or they're in our conference. For at least for the Mountain West Conference, as Utah State. Is. You know what's crazy is that Utah's going to win. They're going to win the Pac-12 championship, and they're going to get passed. They're either going to get snubbed by Alabama or passed over by Oklahoma. Like they're just—I mean—they're between a, a Hard Rock and a and a Boulder. Like, there's just no way they're going to be able to budge. There's, They're going to stay. My tell-the-truth Tuesday is that Utah will stay at number six the rest of the way. Uh, ESPN Stats and Info, we appreciate all the things that they do, crunching the numbers. They just put out some information. Utah is now at their highest rank ever in the college football playoff era. According to the, uh, their predictor, the Utes currently have a 10% chance to make the college football playoff. And uh, they also say that they give Utah a 45% chance to win out versus Colorado and then versus Oregon in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Oregon is going to be definitely motivated from what happened to them against Arizona State. They still want to be the the Pac-12 Conference champion. So here, it's not going to be easy for the Utes by any means. So the Utes went from 26% chance to now 10% chance of making the college football playoff without even moving a spot and winning last week. 
That is amazing. They moved up a spot. They moved up one spot. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, they moved up to six. Okay, yeah. then here's the thing. They dropped in percentage even though they moved up a spot. <laughs> That's true. They got closer but further. <laughs> I just, man, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> now, on the other side of it, and this is, again, according to ESPN Stats and Info, two weeks ago, Ohio State beat Maryland by 59 and fell from 1 to 2. This week, LSU beat Arkansas by 36 and fell from 1 to 2. But Ohio State beat Penn State. And two weeks ago, didn't LSU beat Bama? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be whoever can look more sexier in their conference championship game. I agree. I think style points are going to mean a lot. Uh, they will now. Abs- they, yeah, they absolutely will now. All right. Going to take a break here on the Full Court Press. Uh, continue to look at some of the news from college football. Uh, as we talked about, Utah State, they're not in the top 25. But uh, they are they are bowl eligible. Where could they go bowling? And uh, some of the bowl projections that are out there. Uh, the switching gears from college football to the NBA, the Utah Jazz played last night. They were without Rudy Gobert for a second night. And how much of a factor did that play when they faced the Bucks? We'll discuss that coming up next here in the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, Full Court Press continuing here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Full Court Press is continuing on the Full Court Press, uh, huh? Yes, I'm mixing everything up. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Sure, you can also find episodes of our past shows. Podcasts also available wherever you find podcasts. So the college football playoff rankings have been released for this uh, latest week. And um, Utah moves up one spot to number six. Boise State remains the same. Although, did you see the stat today? Boise State's like six and one versus uh, bowl eligible teams. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? And yet they didn't move up. It's like they've kind of set them aside. Like, okay, you group of five people, we recognize you. You're in the top 25, but in this area here, you know, 17 up, we're just going to reshuffle the deck a little bit. When these teams play each other and lose against each other, they won't fall below you or you won't move up to replace them. We'll just, you know, shuffle the deck again. They'll still be there. Yeah. But they're essentially saying, okay, Cincinnati, Memphis, Boise State, that's cute and all. Duke it out for yourselves and figure but, it out. You know, this is we're gonna play our big boy football over here and let you guys figure out who wants to go to the Cotton Bowl and we'll count our money and send you some. No, it's gonna be funny is when they go to the Cotton nickels. Bowl, one of those three teams, and beat whoever's on the other side. It happens every year. They put them against you know some lower tier bowl and say, oh, okay, well we'll watch them get beat by our wonderful big boy teams, and then all of a sudden, Boise State wins or TCU's won those things. Utah's done that, so. Yeah, good for them. Again, looking at college football playoff, college football playoff, 
college bowl projections that are out there. Um, Utah State is bowl eligible with six wins. They need to get to seven, I believe, to make sure they get to a bowl game. But College Football News, Athlon Sports, Bleacher Report, 247sports.com, The Athletic. Any that I'm missing there, AJ? They all say the famous Idaho Potato Bowl yeah. on January 3rd. Brett McMurphy is predicting the Armed Forces Bowl on January 4th. That's in Fort Worth, Texas. That'd be honestly surprise me if Air Force does not go to that. Yeah, I I think they'll get that bowl based on the rep, reputation. But the, there is a, there is an outside shot they could go to the Las Vegas Bowl. Yep. If not Hawaii. True. Uh and uh, ESPN and Jerry Palm with CBS Sports, they're projecting Utah State to the Arizona Bowl against Georgia Southern on December 31st. Here's the thing. If Boise State goes to a higher tier bowl, which is definitely possible, then with that, Utah State would probably go to the Idaho Potato Bowl because it's a better payout. Right now, I think they're regulated to, and I don't mean to be disrespectful of the Arizona Bowl, but it's the lowest bowl payout. Correct. I Then they would reward them with a game that's closer to home. I know it's January 3rd. But it's closer to home with a better payout. That's what they would get. It'll save the university money. It'd be cheaper to get there. Of money, yeah, apps. It would really would. It would be a lot cheaper, and it'd be great for me because I could go there and then drive home the same day. Because the game's at one thirty, by the way. Is it really? It's a one thirty game. Oh, so they've moved it up. Yeah. So it's game a, time is usually like five or something like that, or three or four. I think in the it's afternoon. on. I think it's on the sheet. The I don't. Yeah, it's a one thirty start. Interesting. So you could conceivably drive up that morning, see the game, game and then drive and come home. home that night. And you'll be home by 9.30 or so. I mean, if that game takes, what, three, three and a half hours? And the community of Boise will be really upset. <laughs> yes. Which would be even greater. Yes. So, I mean, really, they want you to stay in their hotels and eat at their restaurants. So, I mean, you're done by 6.30. You could be home by 9.30, 10.30 and be home in the same day. Ajay, we could make a day of it. We could. We carpool. Oh, hey, do you want to? I could. I'll probably have some things I'll put in the back, but I have room on my roof. You know, I have one of those like well, who would containers that you put up on top? Who it's sit- enclosed? No, I'm serious. Like who sits in your front seat? I could sit with you. Um, probably my dog. You have a dog? Got to keep an eye on my vehicle while it's in Boise. I don't know if I trust. You I never- guess it's not Albuquerque, so it'd probably be safe. You never mentioned your dog. So the Utah Jazz played last night. Uh, another night without Rudy Gobert, and it showed. It, yes, though you know I felt like the Jazz played one of their better games of the year, and Milwaukee just flexed their muscle at them. Going into the game, no Rudy Gobert at Milwaukee. I'm thinking this is Milwaukee's probably going to win this by double digits mm-hmm. because Tony Bradley is not really making it happen very much, although he did have a better game the other night. Um, but, I mean, who's backing him up? Jeff Green's not really making it happen very much at the center position. I didn't think it would be much of a contest. Actually, it was. Now, the things that I predicted would happen did happen. Jeff Green struggled in the post defensively. He had some turnovers that were kind of embarrassing. 
But Tony Bradley did okay. 11 rebounds, 8 points, 3 blocks. Not bad. No. The bench came up really big for the Jazz. But Giannis, as you said, flexed. Uh, it wasn't just Milwaukee that flexed. No. Giannis, Giannis flexed. 50, board, or 50 points, 14 boards. Is that right? 14 points? boards, 6 oh, assists, geez. 2 steals. <laughs> Does he do that with Rudy Gobert on the floor? No. Wow. Dude, and, and, and again, I just I, I felt like Utah played so well. I thought Bogdanovich was great again. And it just, again, like, Milwaukee's going to be a very, very good basketball team this season. Go figure. What saved Utah in staying in the game was their three-point shooting. Yeah. How many threes did they take? 45. Gosh. They made 21. Well, that's good. I mean, that's almost 47%. That's incredible from beyond the arc. Hey, let me ask you about that final possession. Donovan Mitchell goes to the hoop, gets blocked by Giannis. Is Donovan Mitchell doing too much right now? Do you want the ball in somebody else's hand to shoot it? Or are you okay with Donovan doing that? I have mixed feelings on it, honestly, because I think there are, he is progressing as a player where he can break teams down and get to the hoop either to make a bucket or get to the free throw line in ways that I don't know any other jazz player can do it. But at the same time, I think he's costing his team sometimes where he thinks he's the only guy that can make a make a basket. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and he drives to the hole and the defense collapses and he gets hung up instead of dishing it out or finding the open man. Or he's got other guys that can he can defer to. That was the whole point of this team, the way it was assembled. So I think there have been a few losses that I'm not going to say it's Donovan's fault, but I think some close possessions could have gone differently if he trusts his teammates. Do you think that play is designed for Donovan to, to take that shot? I mean, you're trying to go on uh, a layup a fair question. to the hoop against Giannis? That's, that's what that final possession was for you? That's a fair question that we don't know. How much of it is Quinn Snyder saying, 45, you've got the play. Everybody clear out, be ready in case he wants to dish it. Or is he saying, you know what, guys, I got this, and trying to be the hero? It's he, just, I thought, I, I thought this roster was supposed to fix that problem, and it hasn't. I mean, it, it, it is better... They are ahead of where they were a year ago. But I think there have been a few times in late situations where Donovan tries to put the team too much on his back. Because Boyan's been great. Mike Connolly's been hit and miss. But who's the other playmaker? Yeah, that's Ingles can hit an outside shot. I don't think he's been that consistent though this but, year. Right, coming off the bench has been an adjustment. For what about him. Mike Conley? No, mm. I don't know. At this point, if I would say, "Okay, Mike, you're going to be our guy. You can hit our last minute shot, our last second shot, clutch possession, go to Mike Conley." 
I just think he's been a little too inconsistent there. I think it's a, if it's last second or tight possession, there's only two guys I have in mind. Boyan and Donovan. Uh, Dante Exum did not play last night. Again, they're just easing him into his minutes. But George Niang was a surprise. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I thought George. Yeah. How about that? He's kind of he came a long ways. Well, there was there were a couple games last week he never saw the court. Yeah. They didn't say he had an injury. And now all of a sudden he's had a couple of games here where he's looked pretty good. Uh, I am I am a little uh, I don't know the right word to say. I don't want to say frustrated. I don't want to say disappointed. I am a little maybe surprised that Royce O'Neal offensively hasn't improved as much as I thought he would. Here's the thing about that, though. Royce O'Neal is not to be on the court for offensive reasons. He's on the court for defensive purposes. That is his job. True. And he, That's true. Like, and people are like, well, you know, what was Royce doing on Giannis last night? Who else did you want him to, did you want to guard Giannis last night? With Rudy Gobert off the floor, who else would you have asked for to guard him? True, he he draws the the toughest defensive assignment almost every game. And the Jazz are okay if he doesn't put up a ton of shots. Because yeah. he's working to shut down the opposing player. That's his focus. I mean, he has that ability. He can. Uh, uh, he can drive to the basket. He can attack the rim. He does have some somewhat of an outside shot. It's just not as consistent yet. But yeah. the, the positive news is that Ed Davis has uh, been evaluated here recently, and hopefully his timeline to rejoin the Jazz isn't that far away. But having Rudy out and Ed Davis not available? Ooh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, impressive that they were able to do what they could do against the Bucks without those two guys. But it's not sustainable. They're already thin at the center position. It's nice to see Tony Bradley making some improvements. He was doing okay. He was making improvements. Then he got exposed, and it was really bad. Yeah, that's true. So they sat him down, and he didn't play at all. Then they started to ease him back into it, and he's looked okay. He's not there yet where I think we could really uh, fans could really rely on him to be the, a solid backup. But... He could be, I mean, he should be the third option, but he's starting. <laughs> so, eh. it is what it is, and the Jazz have to deal with it. Make lemonade out of lemons. Do you think this team's going to be, I mean, this schedule's tough, and they're hanging in there for dear life. Is this still the same three to four C team, or three, I mean, Three to fifth seed team that everyone thought they were. Are we who they thought they were, or did we let them off the hook? Um, I think they're a little below expectations right now. Yeah, me too. That second unit has not produced like we thought they could, and even the first unit has not been consistent. Uh, they're currently tied for the Rockets with the tied with the Rockets, who are in fifth place. So Jazz are effectively in sixth. Jazz are 11-6 so far on the season. 
Wow. And they're on their East Coast road trip. They play the Pacers tomorrow afternoon. And then they play, uh, then return to Memphis on Friday. Followed by a trip to Toronto, then they go to Philadelphia. And the first game home after the East Coast road trip is the Lakers. One of the toughest games to play is the first home game after being gone for a long time. 15-2 and two right now, and they look unstoppable. LeBron James looks like he's so interested in basketball again. That big layoff was uh, yeah, wonders that for helped him. him, didn't it? Lack of a, a, a bench? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's he, making very he's, average he's, players he's look pretty good. He's at MVP caliber level again. Yes. And, and, and by the way, he's got another MVP caliber player with him in Anthony Davis. Like, that team is just flat-out scary. And I didn't think there was any chance that they'd be this good. I didn't, Eric. That's what's so crazy about it. Houston, on the other hand, is kind of falling apart. I mean, they don't have a defense. They have an offense. They don't have a defense, though. Well, they've, well, they've lost three in a row. Uh, I, I, I wonder if teams are starting to figure out Houston a little bit. But here's the thing. In, in their three losses, they only scored 95 at, at Denver. Then they scored 119 points at the Clippers. They still won. They lost. They score 123 points against the Mavericks, but they lost. But I think teams are figuring out. Look, Houston's not going to defend you. You just have to out outpower them. You have to score more than they do. Yeah. And the other story of the NBA, Carmelo Anthony is kind of working out for. Yeah. Portland. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. I don't know how long it lasts, though. Yeah. That's the thing. It's agree. working out right now, but is it going to work out Is it in sustainable? February? Does it last beyond the uh, guarantee? Because, I mean, they're only 6-12. and 12. They're in dead last in the Northwest standings. They beat the Bulls, but they had lost four in a row before that. Six of their last seven before that. So... I don't know. I think that Portland's very close at a point where they have to decide who are we, what can we do, or do we start to make some wholesale changes and rebuild? Because you think Damian Lillard's going to stand for that? Yeah. Do you think C.J. McCollum's going to stand for that, stick around, if they decide they're going to do just a rebuild year? I think a lot's on the line for this Portland team in the next two weeks. Yeah, and we'll find out. I, mean, I think we'll find out. Another team that's really impressed me is Dallas. Oh my gosh, Luka Doncic is just dude. He's it's dude stupid. It's for real. It's stupid. I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, and he's lighting up the scoreboard. And not only that, but he's still making his team better. Right. That's the thing. He's he's got some guys around him that that have improved and got a little bit better. Helps it. Kristaps Porzingis is there, so teams have to respect both guys. 
But uh, man, Krista or uh, Luka Doncic, she's a triple double machine. It's amazing, and he's only like twenty years old. Yeah, and then on the other side, in the Eastern Conference, Pascal Siakam. There's a chance he's going to win back to back Most Improved Player of the Year. True, you he know, that, is on a tear, and that Toronto Raptors team is really good right now. Yeah, a, a team that lost Kawhi and uncertain what their future lost was going to look Green, like. Lost Kawhi Leonard, and are still playing this well. They're currently the fourth best team. Actually, they're tied. They're t- tied in the second, tied for second, really. Wow. Twelve and four, tied with Boston and Miami. Frankly, I'm a little surprised to see Miami playing so well. Right. Uh, it's a. It's still a young NBA season. Um. But yes, the surprises are the Dallas Mavericks. I'd still say the Toronto Raptors are a surprise of what how they're rebounding after having uh, Kawhi Leonard and Jeff Green leave. Mm-hmm. And the Phoenix Suns. That's the other big surprise for me. Yeah, that's not going to last though, right? I don't know. I think that's the big question is – which of the teams that are currently in the top eight in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference are sustainable? So in the Eastern Conference, it's Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia, Indiana, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Orlando's only 6-10. and 10. It Tells you how bad the Eastern, rest of the Eastern <laughs> Conference is. So who in that group is sustainable to stay in the top eight? Or I guess who is not? Maybe that's a better way to put it. Who in two months will not still be in that top eight? Give me the give me the eight again. Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia, Indiana, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Brooklyn. How is Miami in there, dude? Yeah, they're looking really good. Why? They've won seven of their last ten, and they're twelve and four overall. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn or Orlando, one of those two. That Eastern Conference is so messed up, and it's been messed up for years. So, hey, by the way, James Harden was asked about that uh, in-season tournament, and he laughed and he said, are we in college? <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't think so. Uh, so, yeah, apparently the word around uh, teams, uh, they're reacting poorly to this. Oh, yeah, they're, they don't want it. Teams... Don't seem to be very excited about. Why are we not doing like an what? Like the, the thing that mind boggles me is why are we doing a one through sixteen tournament for playoffs? When we get to the postseason, yeah. Why are we that doing makes just more an sense to me than, than doing a mid season tournament from Thanksgiving to Christmas with no value to it? All right, before we get off too much into that subject, I want to ask you about the West. Can okay. which of these teams do not sustain? Or stay in the top eight. Oh, this could be hard. Okay, go ahead. Los Angeles, Lakers, Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, Dallas Mavericks, Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, Minnesota Timberwolves, Phoenix Suns. Utah Jazz. You don't think the Utah Jazz stay in the top eight? No. Wait, by season's end or when? In the next two months. No, I don't. They're too inconsistent. Wow. 
Yeah, too inconsistent. By the way, a team that I'm surprised not to hear in there, San Antonio, who's lost eight in a row now, man. Yeah. They can't. They were in there like at there. six or something like that and have lost eight in a row and are just on a downward spiral. I don't know if they're going to get out of it. Yeah, the big surprises in the West for me, how well Dallas and Phoenix are doing, but also how bad Portland and San Antonio are doing. Those are equally as surprising. And Popovich, uh, you know he's frustrated, but he just maybe his time has passed. Yeah, I I mean I appreciate and I actually and I really like him coaching the USA team. I think that's a great idea. I think it the the gas and the fumes are kind of running out on the San Antonio side that he's overstayed his welcome in a, in a, in a good way, but it's time. Like, it's time to move on from that. And, and by the way, he's got some really good assistants that are head coach material. True. Two of them in particular. That's true. All right, got to take a step aside here on the Full Court Press. Some final thoughts. Again, a recap of uh, some of the things that uh, happened to, with our pick six. We never got to that. What happened with our pick six? This yeah, what happened two weeks ago, too? Let's get to that as well. <laughs> okay, coming up on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. That was uh, that was Breck Breck Mince, Min, Minner Minor Breck Minner. Do you do that though? Like when you go home, like you're watching a game, and you're like, "What the heck is he shooting that for?" And then you're like, "Oh wait, that was somebody else. My bad." So you're just chewing that guy out. But you got the names right, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know what my favorite is? And sorry, I- not sorry, Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> you know Norman Cotero is has been. It, I can't wait for Norman Quintero to get back. Or for Sam Smith. Sam Smith is going to be really good. <laughs> cool. uh, you know what was really funny, though, is when, uh, like, because I sit so close to the floor, is hearing Craig Smith chew his players out when they're up by, like, 40. Like, when Brock Miller took a three one time. Like, oh, we, it totally I, came after I, I have to totally, like, edit everything he said. But the first, <laughs> the first four words, what or five words? What are you doing, Brock? And then all of a sudden, like the you know, you could just hear him as he's tailing out, and you heard it too, obviously. Just some of the things that was coming out of his mouth. And the best thing is, like, well, he yelled at Bean one time, and Bean just kind of like looked straight ahead, walked to the seat, sat down. Brock, same thing. Brock didn't even look at coach. Look, we're straight ahead because it was immediate timeout, and he just kind of sat in the chair, thought about life, <laughs> thought happy things. Uh, by the way, uh, pick six this last week we pushed. I'm surprised because I thought I was going to get absolute fleece. Does that in this mean one. I'm off the hook for not taking Pay care me back of you for last two weeks week? ago? <laughs> no, I, I I owe you. Have I ever gone a week without paying you? No, nah, actually, you're pretty on time. Yes, I may not be on time, but I at least pay you. <laughs> Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow.